Well, welcome to the Empower Church podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We hope this message inspires you, encourages you, and ultimately empowers you to influence people and transform cities. Enjoy the message. Awesome. Thank you so much, Pastor Paul. How wonderful. Well, Empower Church, you can take a seat tonight. How great is it to be in the house? I'm so excited to be here. I feel like I say that every week, like every time I'm on a platform, I'm like, oh, it's so good to be here tonight. So good to be here today. I genuinely mean it. I love the house of God. I love this house. I love our senior pastors. Um, Empower Church, right? God is doing something fresh. God is doing something new. Um, and I was just thinking um, as I was prepping for um, this message throughout this week that we're doing this upper room series. And um, you know, the upper room about working with the Holy Spirit, about, um, I guess, walking with the Holy Spirit in our lives as Christians, as believers. And um, I was reflecting on the year of 2020. Some people say it's a write-off year, but I think that it was a year where God really showed up. I think it was a year where God really revealed a lot of things. Um, I know in my life, I learned a lot. I learned about, like, a lot about how I deal under pressure. I learned a lot about, like, my relationship with the Lord when it's just me. Um, I learned so many things, and I hope and I pray that 2020 for you was a year where we learned, a year where, you know, we saw the goodness of God. It was a great year. Um, some exciting things happened this year, but some chaos happened this year as well. But um, for me, I got engaged this year. I'm really excited about it. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> It is so it is so great to get up and just like mention anything about a wedding and everyone cheers and I'm like woo like so excited. Um it's crazy. 2020 has been unreal. This month of November actually for my life has been a really big full month. I'm not sure about your Novembers, but mine has been pretty wild, obviously. Um, Pastor Nick and I, we, um, who's my fiance, by the way. Um, woo, no, I'm kidding. Um, so we run Empire Youth Ministry, um, and we're coming to the end. It's um, crazy. Next week is our last week, um, and it's been a really exciting time. It's been a really faithful time to see God show himself, but it's just been a really full time. Um, I don't know about you right now. Maybe you run a business, and we're coming up to the Christmas holidays, or even if you have a family, right, and all of a sudden it's Christmas. It's crazy. Um, November has been a really wild time. I started a new job yesterday. Um, my wedding dress arrived in store yesterday so I can go pick it up. Everything is going on. And um, it's a crazy time. And I was thinking about how, I guess, in like sometimes the chaos or sometimes the overwhelming joy, the biggest thing about 2020, the biggest thing, I guess, about even this month of my life that I've reflected on is the one consistent thing in an ever-changing world in an ever-changing lifestyle, is that the Holy Spirit has been with me every single step of the way. That in an ever-changing world around us, that 2020, I know that for us as believers, the Holy Spirit has been with us every step of the way. Every moment when maybe we didn't realize it, every moment when I woke up in the morning, even today, when I drove through Zarafas and I got a coffee, when I went to the grocery store this afternoon, When I got in my car to come here, when I walked into these doors, right now as I preach on a stage, Holy Spirit is here. He has been here. He will be here. He is with us right now. A continual consistency in our life. And um, I was thinking about how as much as we can know that, sometimes it's something that we can forget. So I actually have the title of my message tonight is called Remember. Remember, remember, remember. Remember, remember, let us pray. Father, I thank you 
that you are with us in this time. I thank you that you are our ever-present help. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that every one of us in this room, Lord, that you have been with us. God, that you are with us, that you will continue, that you will not leave or forsake. I thank you, Lord, right now as I preach this word. God, that you would speak louder than I ever could. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you are moving with power in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen and amen. Well, we have been looking into the book of Acts over this Upper Room series. Um, I hope that you have been reading Acts along with us. If you haven't, I encourage you so strongly to do a bit of a study on Acts. It's amazing. Hearing about the Holy Spirit is amazing. Um, But I'm going to read a scripture with us out of Acts 4.31. And the title above this bit of scripture talks about how the believers pray. So the believers at this time, they've just been praying and praying. And this is what happens. Verse 31. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. How great does that sound? The place where the people of believers were gathered, it was shaken for the Lord. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit, then continued to speak the word of God with boldness. I think that sometimes we can forget that the Holy Spirit wants to shake up our lives. That the Holy Spirit wants to shake up our worlds. These believers prayed. I believe that the Lord wanted to remind us of some things tonight. As I was praying this week, the biggest thing that I kept thinking was the Holy Spirit was like, Johanna, would you remind them? Would we remind us tonight as a church? Remind us that the Holy Spirit might be doing a lot in your life right now, but that He wants to do more. Remind us that you might be hearing a lot from the Holy Spirit right now, but He actually wants to speak to you even more. The same way that the place where these believers prayed in Acts 4 was shaken, I believe the Holy Spirit wants to remind us tonight that He wants to shake our worlds even more for His glory. That it doesn't matter who we are because we are believers, because we are Christians full of the Holy Spirit, He wants to shake our worlds for His glory. And I believe that tonight He wanted us to remember and He wanted to remind us. A firm but polite reminder that the Holy Spirit is not done working in or through your life. The Holy Spirit is not done working in or through your life. But I want to talk about some stuff tonight. I want to talk about, I guess, an elephant in the room, we could say. And this is the reality of some mindsets that might have crept into our ways of thinking. Now, I know that sometimes if I haven't checked my thoughts, checked the way that I've been thinking, we can find ourselves believing things that are false mindsets. Especially after a year like 2020. So much has happened. And if you're really good at processing things, then that's awesome. But sometimes it's really hard to catch up with what's been going on. And I believe that there are some false mindsets, some elephants in the room right now that I want to talk about. I want to address some things that I believe we might be holding on to unintentionally. These false mindsets, the mindset that we as a Christian have a better thing to do with our time in a full season of life than to wait on the Holy Spirit's guidance. A mindset that we have better things to do with our time than to commit ourselves first to prayer and seeking God. A mindset that we as humans, as Christians, are capable to run and live this life of Christianity out of our own strength, out of our own revelation that comes from us in the world. Some mindsets 
that I guess are a bit confronting. But tonight I believe the Holy Spirit wanted to remind us about a few things. That if we don't address mindsets and we keep living in them, then you'll never know that we're in deceit. Some mindsets that I believe God is wanting us to let go of tonight and to receive new things. To remember that His grace is sufficient and His power is made perfect in our weakness. Remember that we as Christians are never too busy for the Holy Spirit to speak into our lives. Remember that we as Christians can never get too busy doing the work of the Lord, but forget the Lord. Remember that the Holy Spirit might be doing so much in your world right now, but He is not done yet. That you might have had some of your best days or even some of your worst days this year, but it doesn't matter what has currently happened. It does matter though, what the Holy Spirit is wanting to do right here and right now. As I was praying in my car this afternoon, I was just praying, God, would you be able to come tonight? And Holy Spirit, would you remind us, remind us that maybe we've seen revival in the past. Remind us that maybe we've seen some of our best days in the past. But Holy Spirit, would you remind every one of us in this house that you are not done? Would you remind us that at the end of today, when we wake in the morning, that tomorrow is a new day where you want to pour out new promises, new revelations of the goodness of God. But the reality is that sometimes one of the hardest things for us to do is to wait. To wait on the Holy Spirit. Wait on the next step. Wait on the guidance. Waiting isn't always easy. Sometimes it can be one of the hardest things for us to do. Waiting while in the unknown. Waiting in the unknown circumstances, in the middle of the season. Waiting when we don't have the answers that we would desire. Waiting. If you know me well at all, I am a big fan of knowing what's going on. Like I'm all about the run sheet. Like I want to know the next two steps to the process. I want to know the two-week plan, how to get to the goal. Now, is anyone else like that? Does anyone else like to know what's going on? It's just, amen. (laughs) It is just something. If you're not like that, you'll be like, why? It's fine. You don't understand though. There is something about, if you can tell me a two-week process as to how we're going to get to a result, I'm all about it. I'm like, yes, let's go. This is great. But the reality is that that is not how things work. (laughs) It is very rarely in my life that I'm like, wow, someone came with me with a fresh idea and they told me a five-step process. It's very rare that God would give me a revelation and then give me a two-step plan as to how that's going to work. And I think about this. I think about how the kingdom of God, right? If we knew how to reach the goals, why would we need to wait? If we knew how to see the revival instantly, if we knew how to get the answers that we desired instantly, then why would we even need to wait on the Lord? Why would we need the guidance? Why would we need the revelations? And I think sometimes we can never forsake the waiting. God is doing something in you right now as you wait. Do not forsake a season as you wait in this time. The Holy Spirit is doing something new and fresh in us every day. You might have felt like you've been waiting for a lot longer than you should have. I want to assure you tonight that the Holy Spirit, that God has not forsaken you. He has not forgotten about you. Do not forsake the waiting. The waiting. Church, I remember a time. 
I actually haven't preached on a story that involves Pastor Nick before, but welcome to the first one. Um, I remember a time when Nick and I were going down to Brisbane for the day and we were about to go to Goma. And I remember that I had a plan in my mind. Okay, I had a plan and I was like, oh, awesome. We'll start to drive down to Brisbane and then we'll go to this cute little coffee shop on the way and I'll get a coffee and an almond croissant. This is going to be great. And I remember driving down there and I'm very strong mindset. It's something that I'm working on. (laughs) And I was like, coffee, almond croissant, let's go somebody. This is going to be great. And I remember as we were driving, I told Nick the plan. I was like, we're going to stop off at a coffee shop. We're going to get a coffee and an almond croissant. And he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I know the one. And I was like, awesome. He's like, yeah, don't worry about the directions. It's all good. And I was like, okay, are you sure? And he's like, yep. So I did what anyone would do. I kept the maps open and I hid my phone. (laughs) Now, this isn't because I don't trust Pastor Nick. He's great at what he does. He's great at directions. But the thing was that I had this idea in my mind, right? I was like, coffee, almond croissant. I know what I want. Like, I'm just going to keep it open. And I remember this moment where... um, Nick was like, no, you don't have to tell me where we're going. It's all good. And I was like, okay. And we're driving. We're just having a bit of a chat. And I had my phone to the side of me. And we're driving. And I saw the exit approaching on the maps. And it was that moment where I was like, I'm just going to hold my tongue. It's all good. Yeah. And we're driving. And we're driving. And then I knew that I would give it away, right? So I just start looking at anything but the phone. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, cool, cool. And we're driving. And we're driving. And I'm waiting. And I'm waiting. And he doesn't indicate, and I'm still waiting. And then we drive straight past the exit. And there's this moment where I just look at him. And he goes, oh, what's going on? (laughs) And I say, I was like, do you want me to direct you? And Nick goes, no, it's all good. And I'm like, well, we just missed the exit. And Nick just goes, I'm sure there's another one. And we look it up on Google Maps and we can drive 40 minutes up and around and back down to the coffee shop. And it was in that moment that I was like, it's all good. Don't worry about it. No problem. And we didn't end up getting the coffee and croissant, but I learned a few things from that day. I learned that when you're driving, if someone is beside you and they have the directions open, they give you a clear way to get to the destination, you listen to them. (laughs) And I also and I also learned that I need to grow in my patience. It was in that moment where I was like, dang, I really do get a bit hangry sometimes. Dang, sometimes I need to work in my patience. But I think about the situation this week with Pastor Nick, who is fantastic. And I think about how the reality of a situation like that, right, can often be how we get with God. But we might not realize it. You know, we're driving in the car, we're in control, and God might be in the passenger seat. And we have an idea in our head of where we want to be and where we want to go. And he's sitting there with the maps. And he's waiting, and he's waiting, and he's waiting, and we miss a turn. And sometimes we can struggle to ask. Sometimes we can struggle to wait to see what God is going to say in a moment. And we just take control of our own thing. And the reality is, that sometimes we can miss certain turnoffs that God's trying to take us away from. Sometimes we can miss certain things that God's trying to direct us to because instead of asking, we say, oh, I know how to do this. I've been driving a car my whole life. I don't need you right now. I'm good. But the reality is that God wants to be so involved in our life that even if you know the exact plan, even if you know exactly how to close that deal in the house, even if you know exactly about that thing, 
God still wants to be a part of it. The Holy Spirit still wants to have a say in it. Still have a say in it. The reality is that God is waiting for us to ask. Ask if we should make that move. Ask if we should keep going forward. Should we pull over? Should we do that financial investment? Should we put that deposit down? Should we date that person? Should we take that step back right now? Should we move forward? Am I meant to turn off right now or should I wait? He's wanting us to ask. The issue is that sometimes we don't wait and sometimes we forget to ask. We can find ourselves wanting to arrive at a destination without the directions, wanting to complete the task without the waiting, wanting to get it done without the process and wanting to just get home without the journey. Because sometimes waiting and asking is hard. Let's be real. Sometimes it can be hard. A big thing that I've seen other people and even myself at times deal with is that they want the presence of God without the prayer. We want the presence of God without the prayer. Or we want the Holy Spirit's guidance, but we're not willing to have the patience. And some of us might be like, that is a little bit brutal. But the reality is that I want us to remember tonight. And I want to remind us tonight that the Holy Spirit wants you to encounter His presence. That God wants you to be able to get on the right path and the right track of things. But sometimes we desire the presence without the prayer and we get curious as to why God isn't speaking. We want these things, yet we fail to ask. Yet sometimes we can fail to wait. In Acts 2, we see the Holy Spirit poured out on the day of Pentecost. An awesome moment, an awesome part in the book of Acts. The Holy Spirit poured out on the day of Pentecost. But what we sometimes forget to see is that in Acts 1 verse 7... There's the believers, and they're hearing the final words of Jesus before he ascended. The believers ask Jesus, and they say, Has the time come for you to restore the kingdom? And Jesus says, The Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times. You are, they are not for you to know. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses and tell people about me everywhere. See, the church, the 120 people, the believers, spoken about in Acts 2 when the Holy Spirit fell on the day of Pentecost, they had a 10-day window. It wasn't a flick of a page. It wasn't a minute. It wasn't a power reading 30 seconds. It was actually a 10-day period where they heard from Jesus that there was a promise that the Holy Spirit was going to fall, that they were going to receive power until it actually happened. Jesus said, yeah, yeah, it's going to happen. And then he ascended. Could you imagine these people were like, how long do we wait? Jesus, how long? And he doesn't tell them. He does not tell them. He does not tell them that it is going to be a 10-day period exactly. And then I will come. Or then the Holy Spirit will fall. It's a 10-day break between Jesus telling them that the Father has made them a promise and the promise being fulfilled. He didn't tell them when, but yet they waited and they trusted in His Word until the Spirit fell. Sometimes in the world that we live in, I know as a 24-year-old, young adult, that sometimes I can get a bit anxious waiting. I'm like, look, I honestly could just get it done, God. (laughs) Like, I reckon that I could do a pretty good job if I just went and did it. 
But the reality is that I don't want to move on anything that God wants me to move on without prayer. And the reason why is because maybe I could do it all right, but God might want to do something exponentially amazing. And I would hate if I completed a task because I could tick a box instead of seeing what maybe the Holy Spirit wanted to do in someone else's life through it. I believe the Holy Spirit is wanting to remind us, remind us how it's possible in such a materialistic instant world that we live in, remind us how to hear the Holy Spirit. Remind a generation so overwhelmed with immediate gratification at times and somewhat instant reward, how to wait faithfully, committed to prayer, to wait at times in stillness under the Lord until He breathes on us. My one point tonight is this. Could we remember to seek the stillness? Some of you right now are like, what is stillness? (laughs) Stillness? I don't do that. I get really agitated if I sit for like five minutes. And the reality is that stillness is something that I believe is something that we need to get better at as a believer, as Christians. Because in reality, we can get overwhelmed doing the things before committing them to the Lord. And through my personal revelation, I know that I have heard the Holy Spirit clearer than ever in times of stillness. In times of stillness. But the art of stillness, the art of being still, is something that we can easily lose. This idea of stillness is found in something called contemplative, damn it, I knew I was going to stuff up this word. Contemplative, contemplative prayer, there it is. Contemplative, oh, come on, prayer. Basically, it's the prayer of like contemplating, okay? Contemplative prayer. Oh, I cannot do it. Amen. Basically, the idea of it is this. It's the prayer of, I guess, being still, of breathing, of acknowledging, acknowledging that the Spirit of God has been with you all day, acknowledging that from the moment that you woke up this morning, From the moment you got in your car, drove through the coffee thing, walked into the grocery store, went and saw your friend, from the moment you got in your car to drive to church, from the moment you walked into a building just like this, the Holy Spirit has been with you. Last week when that thing happened that maybe wasn't the best, the Holy Spirit was there. Tomorrow when something amazing might happen, the Holy Spirit is there. The art of understanding to seek the stillness to acknowledge that the Holy Spirit has not left you, that God has not forsaken you. The prayer of being still. Seek this stillness. But how often is this reality, right? That the Holy Spirit is with us, something that can become just a really nice idea. For us as Christians, How often is maybe this reality that the Holy Spirit has been with us for our whole day, something that we're just like, man, isn't that really sweet? Isn't that really nice that the Holy Spirit has been hanging out with me the whole day? And I mean, yes, it is a really sweet concept. It is a really nice concept for us to understand. But in reality, I think the Holy Spirit is so much more than just a nice idea, I think in reality, the Holy Spirit is so much bigger than just a sweet concept. I think the Holy Spirit living in us is meant to be so much more. 
The Holy Spirit is the voice of God. The Holy Spirit was never meant to be just a nice idea. He was designed to be our helper and our comforter. If He is designed to be our helper, then we can call on Him in times of need. If He is designed to be our comforter, we can call out in times where we need comfort. He is designed to be so much more than just a nice idea for us as Christians. But I understand this as well, that it can be hard at times. Living in a world with so much chaos, with so much going on around us, to acknowledge this. But the reality is that the issue isn't that the Holy Spirit has stopped speaking. The issue isn't that God has lost His power. The issue isn't that He's busy doing something else. The reality is that the culture we live in has been very much overwhelmed with overindulgence, with immediate self-rewarding things, with an ever-present influx into our lives of words, images, thoughts, belief, mental fillers that cloud our minds and that honestly, we can be bombarded with so many things that we forget His voice. We forget what voice is the voice of God. Because I read a really good self-help book the other day and that sounded pretty similar. Sometimes we can find ourselves getting overwhelmed with things of the world instead of going to the Word of God. And we find ourselves being like, I just don't know what His voice is right now. They can make us question which voice is the right voice. Church, you will know His voice through His Word. You will know His voice through the way that He speaks. You will know His voice through spending more time with Him. The creative team is going to come up. Tonight, I believe that the Holy Spirit wanted to do a few things. The first thing was that I believe that He wanted us to remember. Remember that the Holy Spirit, that God has been with us all day, that He is ever present, that He is always there. The second thing was that I believe He wanted to remind us. The words that I got this week was, Johanna, would you get them to remember that I am there? And would you remind them that the answers that they are seeking are found in me. Remind us where it is found. Church, remember that He is with you. Church, remember where it is found. I feel like God is calling us to remember that whatever you are longing for right now, whatever you are seeking after, whatever peace that you're wishing that you could find, whatever power you need to press forward into the next season, whatever clarity you might be desiring, it is found in the presence. It is found in God, the Creator of all, the One who made, the One who started, the One that will finish. The answers that we desire, should we go ahead with that deposit? Should we pursue that relationship? Should I stop that job? Should I pick up a new shift at work? Should I go here? Should I be there? The answers that we are desiring are found in His presence. It's the reality, it's the simple truth, but it's something that if we're not reminded of, we can easily forget. It is not found in that relationship. It is not found in that extra shift and that more money. It is not found in that person comforting you in those times. It is not found in the essential oils. It is not found in these things that the world might try to tell us will bring us peace. 
It's the truth. It is found in Him, the one who was and is to come. It is found in Him. And I believe wholeheartedly that the Holy Spirit wants to speak. I believe that tonight there are some of us that need a bit of reminding. The same way it took 10 days, right? 10 days of waiting after they were promised, promised that the Holy Spirit was going to be poured out on them. Sometimes the waiting period, the faith stretching period can feel like a really long time. Can feel almost like forever, right? But let us not forsake the waiting. Let us rise in boldness in it. Let us not forsake the silent times, but let us call out in it. I want to finish tonight with a story. And as I was um, looking into just the Holy Spirit and just revivals this week, um, I looked into the Welsh revival. Now, I don't know if you know much about it. If you want to be encouraged, just look it up. It is phenomenal. It is an amazing pouring out of the Holy Spirit. It is people praying for days and days and days and just seeking after God and seeing a mass, mass move of the Spirit. It's amazing. But I was researching about the Welsh Revival and there was a story that stood out to me and it just gripped my heart. There's a story in about the Welsh Revival And the story I found was documented by a journalist named W.T. Steed. He was present on the day when this event took place. There was a pastor named Joseph Jenkins, and he was asking the people of the congregation at the time to stand up and to share personal testimonies. And in this small congregation, people were rising up and they were complaining about issues. They weren't doing testimonies. And Pastor Joseph, he redirected it back to the Lord And he said, we're going to tell testimonies about about the Lord. And it says that there was a prolonged silence. Now, I don't know how long it might have been, but it was a prolonged silence that fell. And then what happened was amazing. Suddenly, a young girl named Florrie Evans, she rose up to her feet in the middle of a congregation, very softly spoken, with a trembling voice, and she said, I love the Lord Jesus with all of my heart. Oh, it just gets me that this young girl, in the midst of it all, in the midst of men in her church complaining in the midst of it all, trembling, would just rise to her feet and say, I love the Lord Jesus with all of my heart. It was written that the passion and the emotion of this young girl acted like an electric shock throughout the congregation. One after another after another, everyone rose to their feet with a sudden fire of declaration of full surrender to Jesus saying that I love the Lord Jesus with all of my heart. I love the Lord Jesus with all of my heart. And the same way that this young girl rose in boldness in amongst the silence that was around her, rose in boldness and spoke about her love for Jesus. 
I believe the Holy Spirit is wanting us to rise in a bit of boldness tonight, church. That the Holy Spirit does not want us to be complacent with what He wants to do in us. That the Holy Spirit wants to do more than we could ever imagine. To re-spark a fire in our hearts. To re-spark a desire to not just live an average normal life, but to be able to see a re-sparking of the Holy Spirit in us tonight. To say that, God, I choose you in this moment. That I love the Lord Jesus with all my heart. I believe that God is wanting to remind some of us tonight. Remind us about some situations. Remind us that the answers that you are currently seeking, that void that you might feel that you want fulfillment in is found in His presence. It is found in the Holy Spirit. We're going to take a moment and we're going to sing through this song, Lord Said Revival. And this week as I was listening to this song over and over, there's some lyrics. And as we sing through this, I would love for you to take a moment and think about the words. Think about the meaning behind a statement as bold as this saying, Come Holy Spirit, rain down on me. Would you break open the heavens and drench the unseen? Pour out your presence as I pour out your praise. Come Holy Spirit and rain down on me. Church, could we all stand to our feet right now in this moment? As we're about to sing to this song, I would encourage us right now, if we feel comfortable, would you just close your eyes? Holy Spirit, would you rain down on me? Would you rain down on every single one of us in this house tonight? Would you come, Holy Spirit, in this moment, would you fill us? In this moment, would you remind us? Would we remember that you are ever present? Would we remember that in this moment you have the answers, you have the clarity, and Lord, we worship you. Pour out your presence as we pour out your praise, God. Let us worship you.